Anashree. And it's Tomi. Welcome to this week's episode of Allow Me to Intersect, a podcast all about having uncomfortable, relatable, and ever-evolving conversations. Hello, ladies. Also, just before we start our topic, I want to put a trigger warning out there because um, we might be talking about like events that might trigger your anxiety or cause panic attacks. So we just want to let our listeners know. So yeah, all right. Today, we, um, we want to address an issue that a lot of women are facing daily. And it's their concern for their safety, especially when like commuting at night. I also just want to share like a recent conversation I had with my mom like the other day. Like I, uh, I called her after my job interview yesterday. And while and she asked me like how I'm doing and all that. And suddenly she was like, oh yeah, I have something to tell you. So she told me an incident where she was walking I don't know if she was walking in the back alley or just like an empty street, but all of a sudden there's like an old white man in the car, uh, rolled up his window and asked her like, hey, get in, like, I'll give you a ride. And my Mm. mom was like, "Um, no, thank you. Like, I'd rather walk. And the man was pretty like insistent and he was like, no, no, yeah, I'll give you a ride. Like, just tell me where you need to go. And she was, she kept on saying like no no thank you mm-hmm. and she even pulled out she even pulled out the my son and grandson are waiting for me at the store so mm-hmm. you don't need to follow me and he was like no just a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and I think it my my mom was like trying to like look into his car just to see like <laughs> I don't know what but and the guy was like oh don't worry I'm married like my and he started talking about his wife and my mom was like, I, like it doesn't matter like he's you're still following me right and I think it like she went to like to like the uh highway mm-hmm. like along the highway just just so he would stop following her and then she mm-hmm. arrived at this like shopping complex and all of a sudden she saw his car that he's still there looking for her so she got paranoid and went inside one of the stores and she took off her jacket because she told me that I was wearing red. So he would probably recognize my jacket. So she mm. stayed there for a bit. And when she went out, like the guy was still there, like looking around, but she, but he didn't recognize her. Mm. And so when my mom was telling me that story, I was like furious. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, it like, made me upset. Mm-hmm. They, made me like what the, like there's so many emotions going through my head at that time mm-hmm. and and she was asked she was like she told me like well I'm an old woman like what will they want from me and I told her doesn't matter doesn't matter if you're an old woman it doesn't matter if you, doesn't matter if you're also a, a guy because my nephew also got followed by a guy or like offered by a guy to like oh do you want like he was walking to the train station when a guy in a pickup truck pulled down his window and said like uh come in like I'll give you a job and he was like no I'm going to school I'm like fuck off like, so oh my it happened, god so it happens to anyone mm-hmm. so it just triggered a lot of emotion and a lot of like past experiences mm-hmm. especially like commuting and mm-hmm. that's not even at nighttime that was like I know and it's funny yeah like when you're saying it's daytime because I I think about and while for sure night is is its whole thing um definitely like my 
the scare my scariest experiences have all happened like in broad daylight yeah like it's so true it doesn't even it doesn't even matter like the time of day or anything like that first of all that is so scary what what happened to with your mom because it's and i'm like kudos to her that she like she could take some smart decisions even because it's very scary sometimes it's very shocking that this person is in a car um dude god knows what he like what he has in the car and what not like it it can yeah it can escalate pretty quickly so when we think um the world might get a little bit safer but mm-hmm. here we are in 21st century scared to walk home <laughs> yeah and the fact that it happened like we've heard a lot of stories that like that before and mm-hmm. it never fails to you know make you upset like why is it still mm-hmm. happening and it makes you also wonder like you know when women share like when women share these, these stories like why do we need to relieve mm-hmm. relive the trauma just to be validated so yeah i just want to yeah. ask the question like how some women don't want to you know share their experiences that that comes a lot to um and because your mom shared that experience with you i have never heard my mom talk about it i'm sure she has been in situations where she's extremely made uncomfortable by her work employees or like even walking home and stuff um th- and that is why um same with my mother in law like um so i haven't heard from them sharing their stories so sometimes it feels like when when things would happen to me i would think that it's just a singular incident that is happening to me because i did something or like because i took the wrong road or whatever um so i definitely think it's kind of important to to share your story but it's so it's traumatic it mm-hmm. is when i get asked by i was recently actually a few months ago my friend asked me like um uh, if it's okay with you like do would you want to share your story and i shared it as if it was like just another incident that would ha- that would, that happened in my life um but i was shaking and i didn't realize like it was uh, it was affecting me that much mm-hmm. um and i was like 9 years old when it happened with me so it was um there's no age there's no time there's um so i feel like there's two sides to it and i feel like sometimes now i'm kind of done sharing my stories sometimes i feel like no you just have to get it you have to get it uh there's no yeah i'm done like going over my trauma over and over again mm-hmm. yeah i think stories are such a tough one because obviously they they are really helpful and if if somebody wants to share and it's always um i mean it's always good to feel heard if you feel like your perspective isn't being reflected or your voice isn't out there like that's great but yeah like you were saying anishri like it is it can be incredibly traumatizing and it's also so frustrating when that's the only option to your experience being validated like that's the only approach and when you're saying 
oh, this is how it is. Or, um, yeah, this is actually what takes place in this environment. And people are like, can you provide mm. me with a specific example? And you're like, well, actually, if you would just believe me and you believe me the first time, like that would be awesome. And I totally understand, like for anyone that hasn't experienced a specific type of oppression it can it like yeah stories are so helpful for us to like gain this intimate understanding of what experience might be like and and to build empathy and all of those things but I think we have to ask the question like how do we build that empathy and how do we build that trust without relying on people to re-traumatize themselves for our own education and and benefit and I don't know yeah like that's a that's a tough one Mm -hmm. yeah I know and like for me like I whenever I retell like my experience like I just feel numb Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I disassociate yeah then all of a sudden like oh yeah that's a very I don't I didn't realize how traumatic some of my experiences are and there's also something like additionally dehumanizing to tell your story to somebody who hasn't experienced anything like it and it's like it's one thing to talk about something that's traumatizing with someone that has understood um has gone through it or with a therapist or like something like that it's another thing to like tell your story to somebody who's going to be like oh my god I can't believe that happened to you oh my gosh the fact that you have to go through that oh my god my heart breaks for you that sounds horrible like there's just something so triggering and horrible about that whole experience and yeah again it depends on who you are and and where you're at in the process I feel like we have this heavy reliance and I do too where I'm like I'll look up and I want to my favorite thing is to like yeah watch like interviews or like just people like really sit down and like walk me through their story and then I'm like I feel like I just understand that struggle a little bit more like I don't obviously that specific struggle I don't understand it but I'm like oh I see it in a way that I didn't before now that I've heard this person's story like it just registered to me in a different way so I'm like I think stories are just so incredibly valuable but I'm just like is there a substitute for them because we can't I don't know if it's fair to yeah rely on on people for that, you know, to rely on people who um, have been oppressed their entire life to just educate others (laughs) who haven't experienced that type of oppression. Such an important point, Tomi. If every woman would share their story, men would be shocked of like how many women go through these experiences every day. And definitely it has encouraged a lot of other people to, to kind of come out and say, yeah, me too. And that's, that's the whole um a movement that happened you know because one person came out and said something other people came out and said yeah we've been there too it would feel like a singular person it would you would constantly like go back and say what did I do wrong for this to happen to me when you do share your stories you also you often get asked oh so why didn't you do this then? Feels like they're usually blaming you for what happened to you. Oh, you didn't do anything. Oh, what were you wearing? Or like, what time mm-hmm. was it when you're walking? Why did you go there? And all that. And you just feel shitty after when you get asked questions like that. It's a societal thing probably inflicted on you that you could avoid bad situations. That is complete and mm-hmm. utter bullshit. Things happen to anyone at any time. And there's there's not a lot of things that you can do to, mm-hmm. well, what do you say and, to an eight-year-old girl, right? What, what can she do? And it's, uh, I feel like things? it's one thing to be like, yeah, we can't avoid bad, bad things for mm-hmm. sure. So 
But then it's also like you can't avoid something that is programmed to happen. Well, it's unavoidable because that's how this boys are are raised to behave. And they're, you know, that's how they're raised to take and to, you know, all of those things. So I'm like, it's actually like programmed to basically happen. So that's the other thing too. It's like, it's going to happen one way or another. You know, it doesn't matter what safety precautions you take sometimes. And speaking of safety, like routines, I was like talking to my niece about like, what do you do before you like leave the house? So if you're like leaving like work and it's late at night like what's your like mental checklist like I think I mentioned that I do text my mom like where I am or like I text her like okay I'm home now no matter how late it is I get on a phone call with someone yeah I have Regina I haven't left the house in a really long time so it's hard to quite it's hard to put my finger on it but but yeah I mean we're talking about the whole uber thing like um you know you have your emergency contacts on your uber and all that stuff and then there's the like million emergency precautions like on the phone and like on your watch too or you like program it so I'm like okay if I click it like five times like this happens or like whatever um but yeah I don't know I think it's, it's kind of like evolved over time because I think there was periods of time where it was more I would do things more for my own anxiety versus like my physical safety in the moment. So like always calling someone if I was walking, but that was, I I was like, this isn't actually going to keep me safe. This is just like going to keep me calm. You know what I mean? So I feel like depending on what I was doing, it kind of, it kind of shifts, but it's like, there are little things that you don't even realize that it's, that it's curious that you're afraid of. Cause you're just like, well, that's just like how it works. But then it's just like, yeah, it's weird that like, I'm afraid of stairwells. It's weird that I'm afraid um, if there's only one other person in the elevator. Like, it's weird. Like, you just like all of these things that you're just like, isn't everybody afraid of this? Like, wait, yeah. what? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's odd. Yeah. And yeah. it's like one mixed with like anxiety and your fears. Like, it, oh, yeah. You just like, you just get so paranoid. And when, and people tell me like, oh, you're just being too paranoid. And then you hear stuff happening. I'm like, well, there's a reason why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I remember an incident where I did get followed going home. Mm-hmm. And I called, my, I called my ex telling him that, can you pick me up from the corner? And he was like, do I really have to? Because I'm playing a game right now. And I don't know oh whether to cry or to swear because okay, there's a then. reason he's your ex, Leah. <laughs> there is a reason a why reason. he's an ex. And that, yeah, I don't know how I got <laughs> home, person. but cat, cat calling is one of my when I was little, like little as in like a teenager, also mm-hmm. eat uh, when you're when girls are developing, you know, it's yeah such an awkward age and then mm-hmm. these men these grown-ass men on the corner of the street or something they would just cat call you yeah. um it would I know how how exactly I would feel I would I would get sh- like shockwaves through my body it was like am I not covered enough like am I what am I doing like what the simple act of like biking through that street would just be like no I know that person might be around there I'm not gonna go there so I would avoid things um and in that like whenever I tell that story like 
some people like would be like well you should have just like yelled back at him or you should have just like you know uh, scared him away of some sort and i'm like but each time that person has done that like or any person has done that i am in i'm just scared and shocked by the fact that it has happened to me and i am that's my body's reaction of what is happen happening like that's my mind's reaction you can't control that you, there's not the first emotion is not the anger that mm-hmm. you feel after you know generally when you tell these stories people feel anger for you mm-hmm. uh, sympathy for you but that's not the first emotion that trig- that comes into me when i am going through something mm-hmm. so um that was uh, like that, you know saying avoiding the roads that i have heard about yeah. in the past that you know there are creepy boys over there just don't go and there's a, this is a thing in india like you would there's like a bunch of guys who would like stand at the end, end of the street and like just like i think they would be chatting or smoking cigarettes or something mm-hmm. but they would catcall women who would just be like passing by mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you now i know doesn't matter what you wear or yeah. anything yeah um yeah and i was not allowed to wear shorts when i was growing up because uh you don't want to wear too many revealing clothes mm-hmm. and and it's true because even when i used to wear like top to bottom clothes and like um you know and in indian traditional dresses and stuff i would still get stared at and mm-hmm. still and you you can see that uncomfortableness like you can yeah. no matter what you're wearing if you get that gaze you know that mm-hmm. the, that person is making you uncomfortable and that has happened even inside the house so mm-hmm. um so yeah there's like many different things but i used to my default is to like call someone and i'll mm-hmm. just be and i'll talk loudly over the phone um if i'm not doing anything like i might think of the worst yeah and that's why i would just call someone so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and not even like i think that there's that aspect for sure like yeah i think that's a really important thing that you mentioned about the aspect of like your first reaction in those moments but yeah i think when people are kind of like oh yeah like oh man you just should have like told them to fuck off or you should have done this or you should have done that like for sure a it's like that first anger rarely that's registering is ang- like sorry that first emotion mm-hmm. that's registering is rarely anger it's just like pure fear but i'm also just like even if it was anger i'm just like excuse me like <laughs> i'm not trying to tell a white man no like i know what fucking happens when you tell a white man no you die mm-hmm. so i'm just like i'm just like <laughs> not that interested yeah. like i'm like i don't care if i'm at like commonwealth or i'm just like walking mm-hmm. down the street in downtown and some like man is chasing me like i'm going to be as polite as you have ever seen me mm-hmm. for literal fear of my life like it's not mm-hmm. because i'm just like white men don't get t- told no and i am not about to be the first like i'm not trying mm-hmm. to beta test this because i'm no, just like i know where this yeah. is going <laughs> and, and the fact that you have to you know justify your no to mm-hmm. to someone like no is a complete sentence like no mm-hmm. thank you to be polite like mm-hmm. how many more no's do you need to hear something they don't even and also when you um manashi when you mentioned about like you know it doesn't matter what you wear uh a, a man did clarify that to me because he once asked me like oh why don't you wear this type of clothing and i was like oh because i don't want to be catcalled and he was like well it doesn't matter what you wear anyway and i'm like 
thanks for <laughs> clarification you know yeah i'm like good to know <laughs> it doesn't matter this yeah. fucking attitude of men will be men boys will be boys like it just i now like it triggers me so bad like in so many different ways i feel like i just want to i think and that's where it comes from like when you know uh, uh women ta- uh, women are talking about how they are being assaulted or like how men should do better or like how ev- that's with like i feel like it's justified when you say yes all men like i don't mm-hmm. want to discount the like five men out of 1 billion men that don't do anything like mm-hmm. no yes all men because you are participating like you're participating by just being silent when other people are other people from your community are like uh behaving in a certain way yeah. that is clearly mm-hmm. contributing to you know this programming what tommy was talking about like mm-hmm. this programmed system they are contributing to your system and in um this um you know a lot of men will be like oh you're just hating on men but why shouldn't we like you are just constantly giving us reasons for mm-hmm. um i just like i have so much anger about that mm-hmm. that um yeah also, yeah i don't even yeah. know how to put it in words yeah also i feel like saying that like quote unquote good men are guilty of silence is still being way too generous because i'm like the process of deprogramming is incredibly long and incredibly painful and very sort of identity destroying and mm-hmm. most people just haven't done it like yep. i'm basically going to bet you haven't done it honestly and like mm-hmm. it's so obvious to tell when somebody has done that like done that work and done that deprogramming cuz like usually they're pretty weird <laughs> like yeah. it, you know what i mean so i'm just like you haven't done it i don't care like and i'm sure maybe like you read an article week and whatever like maybe you're a nice guy it doesn't matter i'm like you haven't done it so i don't yeah i don't really care <laughs> yeah and that brings me to my to a question that how can men do better or like can they even be better <laughs> go away like, <laughs> go like, away no like no like i honestly have zero expectation and i don't know if that's something that i should be saying but <laughs> i don't have hope or have like mm-hmm. very little i mean it's I, just it's just rough because mm-hmm. like for sure it's a it's a men issue it's also just like our operating system. So I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, yeah, like rape culture is our operating system. And I feel like because that's the case, like definitely like hate of all forms obviously shows up in like the smallest ways, whether it's like jokes or belittling or whatever, and then like manifests in such large ways that like make like we're talking about everyday activities um either terrifying or life threatening and i'm just kind of like at the end of the day it's not about like men doing something better or being better or behaving better as mm-hmm. much as it's like i'm just like yeah i mean it's just this whole system and like i don't know whatever <laughs> when you talk about but it's not patriarchy it's not just patriarchy it's about 
upholding these supremacy of different different kinds that exist in our different societies um mm-hmm. that because women are always going to be treated as an object they have no um no importance why do you, what, why do you say it's uh, not patriarchy um i don't think it's it's not just patriarchy so i wouldn't sure. say that it's just patriarchy i think it's upholding of supremacy because if it's patri- like i agree not all women are uh safe not not at all but then there are some women who are more unsafe and they are treated just their their value of life is way less mm-hmm. uh, cuz then there are mm-hmm. another hierarchical levels right because okay. mm-hmm. um it's not like for example i would go back to indian caste system um mm-hmm. where there's something called brahminical patriarchy so a person mm-hmm. from higher caste would treat a person from a lower caste um in such a such oh, okay. a um like degrading manner that there's no value of life mm-hmm. whereas in comparison if a woman from upper caste uh will be will be still digni- like given the dignity of like okay th- bad things have happened to you like kind of validation has been given to their trauma mm-hmm. they still are unsafe no doubt mm-hmm. but these women from lower castes are going to be treated as there like there's no validity mm-hmm. to their trauma they are just treated as like i don't know Um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i get what But, you're yeah, saying yeah it's definitely like, a mix yeah. of all of it yeah it's patriarchy yeah. it's white supremacy it's you know it's all of that sort of built into one that's but like yeah patriarchy is one of the main tools that mm-hmm. you know with which it's upheld and of course within that there's a sorting system and mm-hmm. then you know in terms of who is the most safe you know mm-hmm. yeah so sorry Lea, I, what were you saying Yeah, no, because I was I just attended like this uh, like educational discussion about like women, and they mentioned like three layers of oppression that you know women in like minorities uh, undergo through like class oppression, gender, and then society. If I'm correct. Yeah, and we're not comparing uh, traumas here. We are just saying that um, in terms of. um yeah i think it it comes back to a point where women are treated as property everywhere and that is a patriarchal mm-hmm. uh concept of like uh any time there is a war or any any kind of conflict or any type of anger or revenge you want to take you always see that the women are getting raped women are getting abused um you know why like you so that ties into like the thing that women are kind of the upholders of respect and uh, what is it called dignity of a yeah. family or something and then if you rape a woman you, you're basically um like taking away everything from from a from a family or mm-hmm. uh, whoever the woman quote unquote belongs to so mm-hmm. that i think that's where i was like trying to go through like uh, you're saying like oppression is this a natural like how why is it such a natural thing to do for a, for a, for a cis het man to like just go and um you know disarm a woman by just being himself right in in a shorter way to say that like it's just it just and that is not going away anywhere like that's not going to go away for years mm-hmm. i think it's 
it's getting better, but I don't see this going away as, as part of our culture. It, that system that Tomi was talking about, that operating system is so well oiled and by like, and has been going on for so long. Like I don't see this going away. Yeah. I did just want to say, I mean, you mentioned that it's not about like compare, um, sort of like competing with oppression and stuff like that. And I do want to kind of, um, just clarify that I don't think that um, sort of recognizing the intersectional oppressions like you were talking about with class and all this stuff is sort of oppression Olympics as much as it is understanding like who is at most risk here like when we're Mm -hmm. talking about this conversation where are the emergencies and like this the Mm. whole thing is is an emergency absolutely but you know when we talk about it's like it's like looking at um, you know, it's like looking at black lives and being like, this is this mm-hmm. like large issue that we have to focus on. And then within that being like, okay, like tr- black trans women, like this is an emergency. This is like an immediate crisis. Again, the Absolutely. entire thing's a crisis, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Where do like, you know, what are the populations that are the most vulnerable because of all of this and like you know Mm -hmm. where do we need to be sort of all hands on deck so yeah like you were saying I don't think it's about kind of comparing and being like oh well this is worse than this this is worse than this but no with yeah with the system that we were in we do kind of have to take a look at the whole thing and be like Mm -hmm. okay because um because of the system because of patriarchy and white supremacy and classism and all of these things like who are the people that are just getting to be like intersectionally yeah. fucked, you know? And then mm-hmm. like, yeah, how that's can a good we term. Just like, yeah, we just like <laughs> no, I a hundred percent that is, uh, and that's where I was. I think that's being um, shared right now a lot about how this twenty-one-year-old boy has been have went on a massacre, and then the police says, "Oh, he just was having a bad day." And then we talk about Brianna Taylor, who was just murdered while she was sleeping. These people are not getting second chances. These people, we're talking about trans women, black trans women, men. uh, These people are not getting second chances. They're just dying. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want to make that comparison, whereas white women or privileged women like, uh, like myself or whoever like who have a stand standing chance to actually go into a police station file a complaint and taken at least a little bit seriously so uh, yes we go through trauma everybody goes through trauma but we have to save lives at this mo- like we are just by and by not doing that we are not we are just saying that your life doesn't matter to us if mm-hmm. you're not taking any action to on this Man, that was a heavy one. Yeah. Fishbowl. Okay, let's do it. Um, random number generator. If you had an alternate career, what would it be? I would be a marine biologist. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's Are you like awesome. into that? In- I'm into right I'm yeah. into I mean, to like when I was younger, I was really into like science and like, cool. you know, biology and all that. And then, I don't know, the internet turned me dumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, so I just, I just live vicarious. I just live vicariously through like Netflix documentaries. I'm like in an alternate universe. I'm also doing yes. that. So yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that. Awesome. 
I love that. What about you, Tommy? I used to say I would pursue reality TV. It would be good. You know what? It would be good. Thank you so much. Um, I've auditioned for Big Brother Canada twice. I will get cable. <laughs> I did not for that. Get out. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate absolutely. that. So you I actually that. Uh, no, I actually auditioned. auditioned. I've actually auditioned like twice. No, I mean, that is so it, great. It, it's so fun. And more on that another day. But the audition yeah. process is like a blast. Okay, wow. But if I because if I didn't do that though, because that's hit or miss. I think I would also I would be a. Um, tv script writer oh. i think that would be really fun you could still do that i think you might yeah i can see you like i see you like tv or like film like you really mm-hmm. are <laughs> i've done that in like in some capacity ish oh my god it's perfect i've done like write it like writing for tv in yeah. like some capacity ish not really not actually mm-hmm. but i'm like yeah i feel like that would be really fun um, but yeah, reality mm. TV is my first choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how about you, Nanashree? Oh, there are like few. So <laughs> love it. I I want to be and uh, and I wanna I'm gonna still keep like this as an open thing. Uh, so mm. I wanna do more into cultural studies and become mm. like sort of become an anthro anthropologist and anthropologist. Mm. I, I don't know if I'm saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I also want to be, I want to own a flower shop because um, I, I love being in a flower shop. And I also want to become a baker. And then mm. I also uh, I do that so flower, <laughs> flower shop and a bakery. Okay, like, I love that. Yeah, um, that's perfect. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I think those two are the pretty much um, I awesome that. stuff. I just remember something. Okay, you have another one. Sorry. A taxidermist. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, that obviously. doesn't surprise me at all, Miss Silence of the Lamb. That's feeling. That's, it's that's so, so it, you. No, I, honestly, it's so interesting. And I've been telling my niece, like, when your dog dies, can we taxidermy oh, or not? So we have thought about that, <laughs> Leah. And yeah, I've I thought about to, it. If, yeah. I if I do pursue it, my dog, yeah, I would. Are you serious? You would. No, I, but I want it's. No, no I wonder if Nanashri, like, you would want to. Yeah. I would want to keep him forever. So if oh, that involves, you... like, do things. No, so I love that. I support that. I will be. So you're telling me if, <laughs> like, if Simba died eventually, it'll never happen in years, decades, in like three decades, <laughs> in like 30 years. You're telling me years. you're gonna hit up Leia in her taxidermy shop and be like, hey, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's make him but like you would do that. You would want this just like in your home. Um I have yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I now why not in retrospect, I also feel like his eyes would kind of haunt me. So I feel sure. like maybe not. I'll make it I'll just make because it, like, of normal. that part. <laughs> but we've thought about like uh like using his fur for like as a memory of some sort, like maybe a felt oh. uh, animal or something. Oh, oh, interesting. A That's dog. actually really interesting. I've never thought but like a dog's like a dog version right <laughs> i've never thought about that though of like taking like your animal once they've passed and like you get to no, keep no, them the past no so you can actually do that when they go grooming and you can actually collect collect the fur uh, and make the felt animals out of it and kind oh, of keep it as a memory 
Yeah. That is so interesting. <laughs> I have to think about how I feel about that, but that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll Wait, isn't this <laughs> isn't the same as like keeping someone's ashes at home? Um, but to me, that's mm-hmm. different because it, like they're just like it's like a way in this like container. It'd be different if you were like wearing like a blanket and you were like, oh, I love no. this blanket. And you're like, thanks, that's my dog. No. Like I feel like, like no. that dog. <laughs> I feel no, like so not not that crazy. Not I would that do crazy. That. I would, of course I you have, would, Leia. Yeah, I know you like, would. I, would I have verbally said that to him a lot of times. Like, what if I make you in a rug or something? But that's just like a that's just, yeah. just like a no. Like, hum- you're mad. <laughs> no, no, no. That's when I actually I'm like super in love with him. So it's okay. like a harmless way of saying. I just want to eat you kind of thing, right? Sure. Like your cute okay, aggression. Sure. that feeling, yes. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to, like, I don't want to so see then this to you, like, Please do not put this on, on air. <laughs> well, no, it's the same thing. We have the same tendencies. Like, yeah, it's like when we see, like, babies and we're just like, oh, I want to eat you. Like, we have this yeah. tendency as humans to be yeah. like, when we see something we love, we want to find a way to devour it. Because I we're, know, like, yes. so overwhelmed with love. Yes. And we're just yeah. like, I just want to consume you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there's what like this two hormones, right? The dopamine or something that you cannot, like your balance, your body balances out that hormone uh, by uh, giving out aggression or like whatever, like your response, oh, your brain responds to aggression I'll look to counter that. because you actually literally cannot handle that cuteness. I did um, not know that. That actually makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. That's so yeah. interesting. That's <laughs> my god, Leah. I can't believe you want to be a taxidermist. That's so funny. <laughs> Aren't we surprised at this point? No, that's no. so you. But I just love that. It's, it's so, so fascinating. Weird. I swear, it's not. It's not weird. Please, that was fun. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.